This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And this is episode 44. So we, this week are behind which is getting pretty (laughs) usual um you guys already know i've been working a lot and then my head decided to have some cysts that needed to be removed decide all of a sudden he's had these for like five years and one one was new um and then there's another one buried in there that they can't get yet and they just started to finally hurt enough that he actually went and saw a doctor about it yes the new one hurt i don't believe in doctors skeptical skeptics forever no i'm just kidding oh (sighs) sorry (laughs) My bad. Just so you guys know, she uppercutted her microphone. <laughs> it was an accident. Okay, so yeah, no real news about the show. I don't think. Nope. Yeah, nothing's been going on. Um, we did have a couple people reach out, but I didn't. I forgot to get them down, so we'll call you out next episode. Um, as you can tell, we really have our crap together right yeah, now. It's it's been a rough. <laughs> it's been a rough couple weeks. Um, so in the news this week. Uh, Edward Snowden. Well, not this week. Oh, yeah. No, this week. Actually, yesterday. Edward Snowden uh, searched the CIA networks for proof that aliens exist, and he found nothing. So that sucks. He Bummer. Was, yeah. So he was on the Joe Rogan podcast and and, and in his uh, new memoir, Permanent Record, he said, quote, for the record, as far as I can tell, um, aliens have never contacted Earth, or at least they haven't contacted U.S. intelligence. Um, quote, in case you were wondering, yes, man really did land on the moon. Climate change is real. Cram trails are not a thing. Um, he said to Joe Rogan on his episode, quote, I know, Joe, I know you want there to be aliens. Um, quote, I know Neil deGrasse Tyson badly wants there to be aliens and there probably are. Right. But the idea that we're hiding, hiding them, if we are hiding them, I had ridiculous access to the networks of the NSA, the CIA, the military, all these groups. I couldn't find anything. So if it's hidden, it could be really, really well hidden, hidden really damn well, even from people who are on the inside. But he didn't find anything. Or maybe they just paid him off really well. (laughs) Him? No chance. (laughs) Hey, everybody has a price. They wouldn't. He's in Moscow hiding from them right now. You don't know. That's what he says. I do know. This could all be lies. Yeah, well, okay. Where did you hear this? The news? Rach. <laughs> you can't conspiracy the conspiracy person. <laughs> I can and I will. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I think legitimately, right? Like, let's say he looked up anything about aliens. Um, probably the reports that show what we do know about aliens came up. And the reason why I chose this one is because relevant to what I'm going to talk about. Um, which I guess I'll get into. So, right? No. I have to get my preview yeah, first. Yeah, preview. Um, I'm going to be talking about the werewolf of Bedburg. Nice. Oh, also, um, our kids were the cutest skeleton and the cutest pumpkin ever. So I will post a picture mm-hmm, on our out. page. Um, I was a surgery patient. <laughs> Who did which, not get pictured. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get pictured. And uh, I think a bunch of people just thought I was wearing a lame costume, which really I was just being lame me. Well, yeah. And if you took it off, children would be disgusted. So, yeah, yeah I didn't want to freak we're gonna out. We're going to do another. It was just a little trunk or treat for Sterling School. And we're going to do another one on Saturday and maybe not have to go actually trick or treating because it starts like after Sterling's bedtime. So, yeah. And Rachel was no a cute fun. witch. So that was fun. Oh, thanks. Anyway, um, yeah. So 
let me get my notes because I just foolishly set them down for some reason. No, but the reason why I want to talk about it is because I think the U.S. government probably knows more than they're letting on. And if Snowden did look, he probably didn't look that well because they clearly have even if they're not hiding on people like or aliens, they, they clearly know more than what like news says. You know what I mean? Like it just oh, makes for, it they like have, they have to, to yeah. right? Um, and clearly he had bigger fish, fish to fry. So uh, although I mean, I don't I, I truly as much as I want to trust Bob Lazar, like don't know about a story. But even if it did exist that like and even with ridiculous access, like it probably wasn't in the normal stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Like where a surveillance system, which is great that he broke. Well, I don't want to get into po- politics of it. Like you think what you want about Snowden or whatever. But the fact that he was able to break what he broke involving surveillance of the American people, I think that would probably be more well documented than like, you know, spacecraft. I don't know. I just feel like they would put it somewhere else. Um, but of course that's the person in me that wants to keep the conspiracy alive. Right. Um, but anyway, so what I'm going to talk about is the gimbal and go fast. This is actually a payoff from an episode way, 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 way back. A long time ago. Actually, hang on. Let me find out how long ago. So this is all the way back to episode 16 back in February. So if you want to check out that episode first, go ahead. Um, but I'm, I'm paying off finally what I said I would do way, way, way back when, which were the other two videos, Gimbals and Gimbal and Go Fast. So the the video that I covered in that was from the 2004 Nimitz incident, um, and it's titled FLIR 1, or you may see it labeled as Tic Tac. Um, but that video was in the 2004 Nimitz uh, thing. And again, check out the whole thing, but in case you don't want to go back because you did listen to it and you just want a quick recap, um, there was a training exercise going on and radar operators saw stuff going from surface level all the way up to 80,000 feet, which is right. beyond the radar, all the way back down to surface level. So then they sent, they had a couple airplanes in the air and they sent David Fravor, Commander David Fravor. He's the one who spoke out on it later, um, out um, and said, just head this way that he didn't know what he was looking for. And then uh, radar operator said, hey, you're on top of it. He looks over and he sees like a what looks like a 737. So a big white cross underneath the surface of the waves and like it's breaking over it like it's a rock or a a structure. Mm -hmm. Um, And then above this structure, he sees like a white tic tac about 40 feet long or the size of a super hornet bouncing like along the cross uh, in, in movement similar to like not not following our physics and similar to what he stated was like a uh, ping pong ball in a glass uh, jar, like being shook around. Yeah, right. Um, with instantaneous reaction. Um, so then he goes down, decides he wants to check it out. It notices him. It comes up as he's coming down. They kind of do this weird maneuver. And then the uh thing just takes off in a blink of an eye, literally faster than anything he's ever seen. He's seen the fastest stuff out there. Uh, reappears on radar 60 miles away in a blink of an eye, and the radar operator tells him that's where it is, um, and he didn't track it there. It just reappeared. Um, and then he flies back, and that's the 2004 uh, Nimitz incident. So anyway, like I said... So now you don't have to go back. Well, you don't have to, although I'm <laughs> sure the banter was better, although I don't remember the episode, so check it out. Um, but yeah, so that's what happened. Now, here's the fun part. So he... Now, there's a bunch of rumors that, you know, this, that and the other thing happened. It went top secret and they shut the boat down and men in black came and talked like he said, none of that happened. And and really what spawned or reminded me to do this episode was that um, he did an episode of Joe Rogan. Um, so, again, plugging Joe Rogan. Um, but I mean, it's one of the biggest podcasts out there. Like you can't avoid it. But um, it's, it's, it's a good podcast. I like it. So um, check out the, the Dave Fravor episode. And I will tell you, watch the YouTube video um, instead of just listening, because 
uh, I was telling Rachel this when I, when I was listening. Um, I knew about this. Obviously, we did a podcast episode on it. I've read multiple interviews. I've seen him on things. I've seen the video before. But there was just something about watching him narrate that video mm-hmm. that to me was like, okay, that's it. There's nothing else it could have been. Like, it's aliens, right? Right. Yeah, so it's just one of those, like, like when you actually hear somebody who... Like, it's his whole job to know what he's looking at out there, right? Like, and and describe it in such crystal clear detail and, like, really connect everything like I'd read about and stuff. Like, uh, I don't know. There's just something different about that. Um, so I, I can't recommend it enough yet. In fact, I would say if you listen to this, you, you need to listen to that episode. So uh, Dave Fravor, Joe Rogan, it was very recent. I would highly recommend you watch the YouTube video. Um, yeah, it's shocking. So he narrates the video and and this one's called Flare One. And what it is, is there was another um, plane. So after Fravor's incident, he goes back to the aircraft carrier pretty much just to being made fun of. Like they they played um, signs, men in black one, men in black two. Like they they were just making fun of him right on the boat. Wasn't even a big deal. But um, either similar time or just a short time after another plane actually made contact with this white tic tac. Mm-hmm. And this is the plane where they actually got the video from okay. um, because this guy was able to target it. Um, so Fravor says in his encounter, it actively jammed their radar, which is a, it's, it's an act of war. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this one, he was able to get a, uh, a lock on it. And so that's the video that was released. Now, um, the details of the release are actually fairly interesting. They're in my notes, so I'll talk about it. But um, in the video, you can see it just sitting there and it, it does match Fravor's description. And and so Fravor, again, like it wasn't a big deal. So he was just using as like a, a, a bar story. Like somebody would be like, oh, what's the coolest or weirdest thing you ever did? He's like, oh, I chased a UFO. But he didn't ever make a big deal of it until um, they convinced him to do the New York Times article, which I'll talk about. Um, and then this video corroborated his story 13 years or no 11 years later which that's the crazy part right like it's one thing to have a highly credible witness it's another thing to have a video and then it's another to have both of them come out and corroborate each other's story yeah so in the video you just see this tic tac like he said um sitting there it has no plumes no nothing just like he said and then like when it decides to it takes off faster than anything goes from a hover to leaving the field of view faster than anything we've ever seen right? right unmistakable it's not a bird it's not one of our planes it's not in my helicopter and it's one of the best videos of all time so anyway that's a recap of that now i'm gonna finish the story finally um so i'm getting my sources from history.com new york times article like i said and nbcnews.com um so the new york times article which originally released uh two of the videos but now all three are released um in a december 2017 article um dictated or told that uh there was a new program called AA Tip, which we've talked about multiple times. It mm-hmm. stands for Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Um, all three of the videos were published originally to the website of To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, which is a UFO research organization founded by Blink-182 singer and guitarist Tom DeLonge, <laughs> right. um, famously. And now it actually involves Lou Elizondo, who's the guy from AA Tip, um, who worked for Harry Reid and worked for uh, Bigelow, who had ownership of Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, okay. Um, but Elizondo... Um, decided that the government wasn't taking the threat seriously enough. So he left to go to, to the stars Academy because they were doing a better job in his opinion. 
So the Navy considers the three videos officially known as FLIR 1, Gimbal, and GoFast, which again, I just recap FLIR 1, we're going to talk about Gimbal and GoFast, um, as examples of UAP, which is Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Um, also, there's AAP, which is um, Aerospace, or no, Anomalous Aerospace uh, Phenomena, or no, AAV, Anomalous Aerospace Vehicle. Um, essentially, they're just trying to get away from the vernacular UFO. Um but they say that these videos first appeared on the Black Vault, which is a website that specializes in declassified government documents. Um, FLIR 1 is from November 14th, 2004. Gimbal and GoFast are both from January 21st, 2015. So mm-hmm. a huge difference in time. Right. Um, and Joseph Gratisher, who is an official spokesman for the Deputy Chief of Naval Operations for Information of Warfare, has emphasized to History Channel and to NBC that, um, quote, these three videos are a part of a larger effort by the U.S. Navy to try and investigate a series of incursions into our training ranges by phenomena that we're calling unidentified aerial phenomena, UAPs. Um, He declined to say how many sightings there have been, but he said, quote, our aviators train as they fight. So when they're out there training, if there's an incursion by any kind of aerial vehicle phenomena, whatever, um, it puts the safety of our aviators at risk, as well as the security of our training operations. Um, and in, in accordance to these things being released, it was also attached to two pieces of news. One, the Navy confirmed that these three are DOD releases. These videos were in the custody of the Navy. They're unaltered. They are property of the U S government. Wow. Okay. Um, and they confirmed that. And, uh, the second piece of news is that they were, uh, changing the way, uh, reporting these incidents happens through the military to quote, um, try to get beyond the stigma and encourage our aviators to report anything that they're seeing out there. So the things I really want to point out about this is um, these things were released. So the FLIR 1 footage was actually released in, I believe, 2005 or seven, something like that. But shortly after 2004, um, and it was released with with uh, like YouTube, a similar service to YouTube. Um, and the Navy actually knew about it at the time and they knew it wasn't supposed to be out there, but they decided not to do anything about it because there were 5,000 crew members and they figured there was pretty much no way they would know who released it. Right. Um, so the second release, this release is DOD official. They actually have the paper trail. Um, George Knapp, the guy who broke the Bob Lazar story in Las Vegas has the paper trail showing these three being released officially to the public. Um, but the same Tic Tac video, that, that's why you have the two names. FLIR one is the official video. And then Tic Tac was what it was called, uh, when it was released unofficially, but they're both the same video and they're both confirmed to be true. So anyway, now the second video, the one that we haven't talked about is one called gimbal. Um, a crew member is heard saying, quote, look at that thing about an object that is said to appear to be going against the wind. Another says it's drone. And then uh, one of the crew members also says that, wow, there's like a, a, a fleet of them, a whole fleet of them. Right. Um, so, again, this podcast episode will make a lot more sense if you go check out the video. Yeah, right. right. Um, which I'm going to show Rachel right now. If you didn't check out the video just then, um, I would highly recommend you do, do it. it yeah. yeah. So go ahead and pause it and do it. Um, but what you see is um, in gimbal, by the way, is the video we're checking out gimbal. Um, but what you see is something kind of just hovering above the clouds. And then you hear the crew say it's a drone. Look, there's a whole fleet of them, which I'll talk about in a second. And then um, it's just hovering there with 120 knots uh, of wind. And then you see it kind of rotate. So there's a couple things I want to point out. One is that the, uh, did you see the uh, aura? Right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So that aura around it was the um, 
they said that the people that actually saw the thing mm-hmm. said that it looked to their eyes, not to IR, like a cube in a bubble. Okay. Okay. So again, like super sci-fi, right? Like just yeah, like right. it seems pointless, right? Um, but a cube in a bubble. And then, um, so people are saying, well, weather balloon or this or that, right? Well, you heard the comment that the wind was 120 knots coming yeah, out of the Yeah, they wouldn't just stay still like that. That's insanely yeah. fast, right? And they're way above the, the clouds. Um, and you can see actually the uh, altitude. They're at, um, well, the, the capturing airplane is at 25,000 feet, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is high. I mean, that's, that's pretty much as high as a uh, cruising altitude for a, uh, jumbo jet or like a passenger airliner. Right. Um, and then you can also see that the object is, hold on one second. Um, the viewing range is negative two degrees below the capturing aircraft, which means that, um, essentially what they're viewing is not significantly higher or lower than 25,000 feet because the camera hasn't changed much. Right. Um, and so, yeah. And and so you see the thing does have a heat, a heat signature, right. And it's sitting out there. Now here's the funny part about this video. Um, the pilot, well, the, uh, go fast and gimbal, um, Dave Fravor says he thinks it was actually the same Wizzo is what they call him, but the backseater for the FA-18. Uh-huh. Um, he thinks it was the same backseater that caught both of these videos. Um, wow. But he talked to one of these videos was one of Fravor's good friends. So he talked to him about it. Right. And he said that the interesting part about it is that that like force field or aura, um, these things had been hanging around their training exercises for, for long enough that uh, aircraft had almost crashed into them. And so the Navy was well aware they were out there. They even sent out and you can find this on Google. They even sent out like a memo, a notice to airman, uh, no Tams, they call them, um, that says, hey, there are anomalous objects out there. Don't crash into them. That, that's essentially what they had. I mean, that's crazy. what else can you say? Right. right? So this is the first video that we have of it. Um, but yeah, so it's just a hovering balloon with a cube in it. And um they don't know if it's a force field. They don't know if it's just visual like uh, reverberation. They don't know what that what that aura is, but you can see it. Um, and then again, it's just hovering there. They call it a drone because it's not doing like any kind of uh, man-made movement, it seems. But again, no drone can sit in a balloon and just not move in 120 of knots. Of course. Um, and then it, what it does is it rotates now. So the uh, there's a fleet of them. I want to explain that. So the the camera that it's looking through is a like it's a camera that that physically locks on to one. Um, but what he's referring to the ASA is um, like a, situa- a situational awareness uh, readout of his radar. And he sees multiple of these on that uh-huh. radar. Um, and they actually visually see multiple. It's just the camera that we get the one recording from isn't like doesn't show all of them. Um and he's uh, Fravor said that the uh, the radar camera, because that's recorded as well, would never be released. Um, essentially, radar video doesn't get released. Um, but yeah, so that's gimbal. OK, okay. now a couple things to point out is that it does a roll and starts to move the same exact way Lazar said the craft uh-huh. he was studying did. Where again, in case, you know, you don't remember it. Uh, um, he said that the, the craft essentially shrinks using massive amounts of gravity um, shrinks like the space and time in front of it to move as fast as it does. Um, and that's why it actually doesn't care about aerodynamics, right? Okay. doesn't care if it goes into the water because it's just shrinking the media in front of it. So it rolls and then shrinks the stuff in front of it and essentially like rolls downhill for eternity. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's crazy, but yeah. 
so that's why he said it's odd that this thing turned like rotated in order to fly. And again, it's counterintuitive. Same with the Tic Tac. It did. It had no plumes, no exhaust plumes, no nothing, no heat signature, nothing to show that it was moving using Newtonian physics. Right. Um, but yeah. So what do you think about those two so far? I mean, it's it's crazy. I don't I I can't imagine being those guys. Like just going up in your jet that you're normally in and seeing those. Well, that was actually something Fravor said in the interview that I thought was interesting. He goes, I have over 4,000 hours of military flight experience in my whole career is defined by less than five minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, and it would be because that's you've seen not like you've never seen anything like that. And then all of a sudden. There's this crazy thing out there that you can't explain that I'm sure that the government, you know, whoever you've talked to about it has worked to say to maybe not wash it away completely, but try to like not make it a big deal. Right. Um, yeah. So then we'll go over go fast and then I'll, I'll kind of put out some, some ideas that we'll talk about. I love here how you, how you, uh, outline it for us. You do it like you're telling it, like you, like you wrote a paper. Well, that's I, what, that's what good people do. It. You say what you're going to, you tell them what you're going to tell them, <laughs> then you tell them no. and then you tell them what you told them. I just tell them. Well, I'm an effective public speaker. Mm, you're an effective writer. <laughs> he turned all the way back around just to glare at me. Like he was looking at his computer screen because he was about to show me the video and he had to turn around. Which, by the way, is glare. a feat for me because yeah, of my he can't really surgery. move his neck well right now. So he had to turn his whole the whole top of his body. Anyway. Check out the next video, which is called <laughs> Go Fast. No Continue. space in between. Go fast. OK, so the last video again check it out it's called go fast um it essentially is just this thing screaming across the water yeah, it was and really fast really fast and he was having trouble tracking it and so whenever he finally gets it you hear the crew member go woohoo got it right so he's just happy he was able to track it um so the thing about that is and, and again a lot of people say oh it's just a bird or, or another plane like the navy themselves are saying this is uap right like it's something yeah. they don't know it, it's moving fast enough that it's um you know like surprising to everyone involved. So I'm sorry, but some dude sitting in his armchair going, it's a bird. Like it just doesn't really, uh, satisfy my <laughs> desire for knowledge there. Um, but anyway, so the, uh, go fast is, you know, again, not as shocking. I think it's just the context of it is, is interesting. It's, it's, it just goes along with the other it, two. And it's so tangible. Yeah. Like it's just, it's something that they see. And now we have corroborating evidence, right? Um, I think it's so interesting, but, um, yeah, so he said, uh, so Gardisher, back to him, he said that, quote, these videos are copies of official Navy footage taken by Navy personnel conducting training missions in controlled airspace, which will military airspace, which I want to talk about. And so essentially the uh, the ending comment from the media on this is that, quote, the videos aren't really being questioned anymore. What is being asked is what the heck are these things? Right. Um, now, uh, someone from NBC News says, quote, I think the answers if the answers were easy, they would have been known by now. Uh, but when I look at these things, I see no reason to consider them good evidence for alien visitation, which is what the public likes to think they are. Now, here's what I'm going to talk about. Normally, I like to give the other argument. Right. But the fact of the matter is, like, if this stuff existed to Earth, it would be game changing technology in the sense of like, you wouldn't be able to keep it under wraps just for a secret military weapon. Well, and we wouldn't be using it. I mean, we wouldn't be not using it. Sorry. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you, w th there's no chance you wouldn't use it. Like, and we wouldn't it one for everything. I mean, well, my other thought is even if like they wanted to save that for something special, right. or whatever, like 
our technology compared to that technology, there's such a huge gap that if we right. were doing, if we were making that, then the rest of our te- technology would be much closer to that yes. than what it is. Well, and that's the thing too, is again, so let's say it's a military contracted vehicle or something like that. Like some, something somewhere would get a lower, like you said, something to bridge the gap where, and then you would capitalize off of it. I mean, it costs $40,000 to send one pound into space, right? That's a lot of money. And and if you had something that could move this way, again, zero feet to 80,000 feet, like it's nothing, um, we wouldn't be spending, sending SpaceX, which is even our cheapest rock rocket, right? right? We wouldn't be sending SpaceX up. Like it just wouldn't happen. Right. Um, so there's that. The other thing I want to point out is the fact that, um, as far as a UFO person, right, which I, I, I kind of am one, like I want to believe in it, right? Mm-hmm. What else could you ask for? I mean, you have the oh, most, yeah. the the most credible evidence witness. you're going to get. Right. You have the most credible witnesses. They're corroborated by verified video, not something that you can just say, oh, like, well, it's doctored, right? Right. So there, there's another thing I want you to check out. It's called um, uh, something about Beaver, Utah or whatever, but the UFO Beaver, Utah drone footage. Just look it up um, as a listener. Um, but even it, like, looks like super compelling video, but you could say it's a bird. You could say it's an insect and you could say it's CGI because it's not confirmed that it's from the military. This is totally different. There's a whole different playing field, right? The other part is like the Tic Tac thing fits that old flying saucer because that's what it looks like. And then also the old cigar shape thing. Both have been around for forever and a cigar from a distance could look like a flying saucer and vice versa. My other thought is that if the military was, if this was a secret weapon by the military, there's no way in the world that they would have put that video out there no yeah i think they are more likely to put out something that they say we don't know what that is than they are to say this is something we've been working on secretly and spending millions and millions of dollars on and now we just blew it because we put it out there for you yeah and allow the navy to do that right right um like even if you're saying well the navy wouldn't be aware yeah but whoever was in charge of that very secret thing would not let the navy just release this right um well and then to say it's another military i'm sorry but like there is not China and Russia, and there's not a single government around that wouldn't use this technology. Like, it's that simple, right? Now, you could say they are using the technology, right? Because the other thing I want to talk about was the reason why the Navy has changed their protocols and, and this and that is because these instances have risen in their training areas, right? So when they're doing things, this stuff happens. Now, you could also say it's because that's when they're paying attention. I agree. But um, something to pay attention to is that, like, the UFO phenomenon as a whole has increased since two things. One, um, the invention of nuclear nuclear weapon. And then two, anytime we are out and about doing things with fast moving things, we see other fast moving things. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's just really interesting because, okay. And again, let's just pretend it's for real because, and I do mean this normally I would say it could be this, it could be that and then dismiss it with this. And, and I compel you to watch the Dave Fravor interview. I can't say it's anything else. Like I just convinced I'm wholeheartedly convinced. I don't know if we can be called the skeptical skeptics anymore. Well, for aliens. Yeah, that one's for real. Um, well, just on your side. I'm still, you don't think so. I don't know. What could it be? I don't know. That's my point. I don't know. That's like the job of being a skeptical skeptic is I'm maybe, Most, I, mean, I would, be. I would say it's more likely. I'm not saying for sure though. Could be Atlanteans or something. <laughs> could be could be some because right, that's something other people postulate is it could be another like a, you know not russia or china but wakandans you know well, something and, like you know because we like or it could be like some people that we've always seen as like um 
Like tribal people. Like Wakandans. Yeah, but they're actually out like there. Like a way that they they faked being that. Yeah, like I mean, you Black could, Panther. You could think that. But again, they would be a star-dwelling people just because of this technology. Like, they oh, wouldn't yeah. be bound to Earth, right? Um, no, but I mean, I, mean I, I really put it out there as... You can say what you want. You can say it's a phenomenon. You can say this. You can say that. I, I don't know. One thing that is worth noting is the blending now uh, between UFOs, UAPs, AAVs, um, and USOs. So the Nimitz incident was one of the first ones where it was like he saw the thing under the water. So if it is a human based thing, hiding in the ocean would be very smart. Yeah. Um, and especially if you're manipulating the media around you, it doesn't matter if you're in the well, air or whatever. Wasn't that the whole whatever. idea of War of the Worlds that all the aliens were underneath us the whole time? Nope. No idea what you're talking about. That is. No, they came from outer space. No, they didn't. They come up from the ground. No, their weakness was biology. No, there's a movie. There's one movie. I don't Maybe I'm wrong about War of the Worlds. Tell me, people. There's a movie where there's all these giant earthquakes and all these aliens start coming up out of the ground and they've been living there for hundreds of years and waiting and then they come out to kill us. Pacific Rim? Nope. No clue what you're talking about. Anyway. Um, Pacific Rim wasn't about aliens. Oh, I don't know what they, they were things that came out of the ground. Hold on. Now I have to look it up. Oh, jeez. Because I'm right. It's fine. I'm going to take a drink. It is War of the Worlds. The new one? They're the same. No, because the... It's a remake of the same from no. a book. In the book in the original. That, that yes, did not happen. Yes, it did. It says both of them, 1953 and 2005. Really? Yes. There's no way. Boy, I told you. I disagree. No, some of them come from the ground and then uh, they call to others who come. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. Whatever. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you think. Boy. Boy. Anyway. Don't learn today. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, call it what you want, but something right there, like that's proof of something. I don't know what. It's proof of something. I think everyone would agree on that. No, they don't. They think it's think a freaking like most drone. Most people like, would agree no, on that. No, but they think it's like a human drone. Let's just, that's just people who like, those are the kind of people that look at anything and they're just like, man, that's and walk away. Well, that's the thing. Like, this isn't a <laughs> you Twitter know what I'm video. Like, about. that's my point, though, is that this isn't just a Twitter video. Like, you can't just Neil deGrasse Tyson this and say, well, I'm waiting until they come say hello. Like, that. what are you talking about? Like, this is as good as it gets. I mean, them coming to say hello is probably as good as it gets. Yeah, but it hasn't happened. I'm saying this is as good as it will get. For now. For yeah. Now. I don't even want to think about what it could be. Unless there's aliens living among us. Well, yeah, but so that was something Fravor said. He was like, because um, they asked him, like, well, you know, why do you think the military hasn't made a bigger deal out of it? And he goes, like, we can't catch up to it. We don't know where they are. And even if we could fight it, it jammed well, our radar. What would you do? Yeah. yeah. He was like, there's nothing you can do. Like, and that's so, like, makes you feel so insignificant, right? Um, like he was saying, like, the F-22, it's, like, probably one of the highest performing airplanes, I mean, ever, and not probably, it is. Uh, it would have nothing on this. Like, yeah. so, um, I mean, what, but but doesn't that, mean, it makes you feel like an ant in an ant farm, right? Like, it's already made me feel that way for a long time, but yeah. But, to, but the whole universe has made me feel that like way. But he, fought it, though. Yeah. And he realized there was nothing you could do with it. Well, yeah, but I would already assume that. It's crazy. Um... But yeah, so check out these videos. Check all that out. Definitely check out the Fravor interview. It'll, it will blow your mind because it blew mine. Um, and if you're legitimately skeptical about any of this, like I really want to hear your opinion because I can't. Uh, in Unless my... you say it's a human drone. Well, I mean, RJ, no, RJ, that's fine. I want to hear that. I RJ has hear no your time rationale. for this. No, I want to hear your rationale <laughs> as to why we've capitalized on everything. And even like 
the nuclear program, like multiple countries were working on it, like stuff like that, like all these things, the most groundbreaking thing that's happened lately, um, it all gets out, it all gets used. Why, why would you think that we would have something that could move like this and it wouldn't be widespread? You know, something that I've found about myself throughout this podcast is I find aliens very interesting. But. No, you don't. No, I do. Listen, no, I do. But what you just said from him is why I care less about aliens than I do about other things is the whole idea of there's like, okay, so this is the most evidence we have, but like, what can we do? There's nothing. And I'm not saying that to other people, that's not interesting. I get it. But to me, it's so just like, if they want to show their face, clearly they're going to show their face. If they want us to know, we're going to know. But like until then, we don't get to know. And so I just am like, that's cool. Yeah, but anyways, you, but you can argue we still get the, we get the best proof about aliens than anything else we talk about. No, and I get, I get that. But aliens also feel the most like not up to us. Yeah, like, well, and also not up to us, but at the same time, affect us as way more because like, OK, so if someone could go out and approve that ghosts are real so far as we've seen, like ghosts can't really do a whole lot to you. Right. Like maybe there's small instances of ghosts being able to touch people or those kind of things. But in general, they're not going to do a whole lot. But like if aliens are real and if aliens are going to come here, they could like legitimately just freaking take us out. And I think so that one's hard because it just affects me so much and I have very little control that I think if I spend too much time thinking about it, I get a little sad. I don't know. It just weirds me if out. They're at, if they're at a level so much higher than we are, like, do we really want them to come here? To me, it's what it really comes down to, especially whenever it's like when I'm being faced with evidence like this, it's if you ever did get that, like just you wake up, you're, you know, doing your morning routine and you refresh Twitter and it says aliens are real confirmed. They came and talked to us. Right. Mm -hmm. And that opens up. Now we can maybe learn their whole history and we could do this and Unless we could do they that. just come and murder us like Independence sure, Day. But I'm just saying the thought process to me is like. Well, even then, it's like, how much would that shake up? Everything you ever believed, right? Yeah, well, wouldn't really matter if you were dead. OK, but I'm saying like if you just had confirmation, right? It would it would shake up your belief system. It would shake up like science. It would shake up literally everything. And so then that's why it's cool, because then you come across something like this. And as I'm sitting there listening to Fravor talk about this, like I'm going through that, like. No, and it is cool. I think it just feels very. In certain ways, I don't know how to describe it the right way. In certain ways, it feels very untouchable. And in other ways, it feels like too close. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's the part that's cool. And that makes me a little because bit it, it mixes, uncomfortable. It mixes the reality of an infinite universe, which which we all think is a reality, right? Mm -hmm. But it mixes that, that theory. Well, most of us. But it mixes the theory of that and how like weird that is and how not graspable that is. It just makes that my is. tummy feel gross. Yeah. But then you mix that with the whole like... But what if it was sitting right in front of you? Right. Like, the, mm. like that is so strange to me. I don't like that. Yeah, nope, that's not I don't like that moment. Because I don't. But what would you do with it? See, that's where I I this is literally making my stomach hurt. Like if we that's why I can't I think I can't go too far into it because it's too scary. What are you talking about? That's like the whole purpose. That's the coolest. Mm -mm. It's scary. Scary. Yeah. 
I mean, something that has technology that farther ahead of us could literally just like, what if they like? Is that really why you recoil? <laughs> like you can't handle it. <laughs> it's it's too many unknowns, and it makes me uncomfortable. But I still can recognize the cool. So I see it and I talk about it and all those kind of things. But the idea of like something like, cause think about what if this thing could like, what if they like knew how to like inhabit our bodies and like keep us trapped in our own body while they take, they take over. A lot of people think of that. Or what if they could come down and like somehow had a way to keep me alive forever, but also spend that entire time doing experiments on me so I can feel all of it and I can't die. They probably could. I mean, they're nightmare. There have been abduction cases where the person says i lived a thousand years in between the five hours I was nightmare gone. um there so was actually there like was another case i'll do at some point where um, don't talk about it Shh. i'm just gonna preview it no don't preview you always give too much away where a village was attacked by ufos oh, see anyway yeah that's like All most right. of the story right there here's what we're gonna do the same I'm thing we wind, always do yeah i'm gonna wind down though because i'm like way too in about this and then we're gonna we're, during our ad um oh which by the way next week i already know who our sponsor is so there will be an ad i just don't have the typecast next week not this yeah, what's, not our, this what's week. our ad this week oh I don't, no i don't know about that oh okay. <laughs> i don't know about that um it's a great show from our network so check it out um but yeah next week we have a, a sponsor that i'm pretty excited about um, all right but yeah so here's an ad i'm gonna wind down and then we're gonna talk about rachel's thing you say that like we go away for a long time we it's like do. a minute as long as i want no, like a minute. We need to keep going. It's 11 o'clock. All right, let's go. No winding down. So longtime fans of the show will know that I am a huge football fan. We actually even have a uh, fantasy football league for the podcast that's going on right now. Um, and when I root on my Texans, Rockets and Astros, um, you know, sometimes you just have to put a little bit of money on the line. Like for this last Astros game, there was a guy who bet $300,000 and won like 900,000 or something like that. Um, I don't think he did it at my bookie, but you can. So um, my bookie is a website that allows uh, booking online. And if you use our promo code late fees, L-A-T-E, F-E-E-S, no spaces, you can get a double deposit on your first deposit up to $1,000. So if you put in $1,000, they'll give you another thousand to go wager. Um, and again, that promo code is late fees, L-A-T-E-F-E-E-S, which does come from like one of our uh, podcast network partners, um, Massive Late Fee. And um, if you enter that promo code, you get to double your initial deposit. So visit mybookie.ag today. That's mybookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. You play, you win, you get paid. My name is Dave Knittel. I'm Christian Knittel. And my name is Matthew Knittel. We are the three hosts of the Bros Talking Soccer podcast. You may have noticed that we all have the same last name. Well, that's because we are brothers, bros, talking soccer. Get it? On Bros Talking Soccer, we talk about what's happening in American and European soccer. We also have interview episodes where we talk with guests working on grassroots projects in American or European soccer. Follow us on Twitter at BT Soccer Pod or visit our website, brostalkingsoccer.com, for more info. All of our shows are recorded on YouTube, where you can come interact with us as we record. Bros Talking Soccer is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Just search Bros Talking Soccer. Hope to talk to you again soon. I'm going to preface my part of this podcast by saying the things I'm about to talk about are pretty uncomfortable and gross. 
So if children are around, they should probably not listen. I'm not judging your parenting. If you would like them to continue listening, go ahead. I just don't want to be the jerk that did not let you know or about this. Or just do the easy thing. Beforehand. Pre-screen. Because you know your kid better than or we do. Or do that too. I'm just saying I don't want to be the jerk that you're like, my child was listening and you didn't tell me. There's some pretty brutal stuff in here. Cool. Just letting you know. Let's go. So we are talking about the werewolf of Bedburg. His name is Peter Stump, a.k.a. Peter Stubb, a.k.a. Peter Stubby, a.k.a. Peter Stubb. I can't. These are all German names. Peter Stump, also Abel Griswold, also Abel Griswold, and Ubel Griswold. <laughs> also, I want to point out, I'm sorry, there's almost nothing funny about this story. It's just, I want to point out the reason that they called him Peter Stump is because his left arm got cut off and he only had a stump. <laughs> this is how names were formed. How long ago was this? This is the 1500s. Yeah, this is how names were formed. So messed up. It's like um, if your nickname in middle school became your last name. Yes. Like whatever your last name was before. It's like, no, that's just who you are now. Right. Anyways, so. Rachel Rochel. <laughs> that was not middle school. That was elementary school. And it made me cry. So stop talking about it. Anyways, so Peter Stump. He was born in the village uh, of. Oh, I'm, okay. Also, another preface. These are German things that I'm not going to be able to say very well. Uh, he was born in. Eprath in Germany. Um, uh, but we don't know when because apparently wherever his records were kept, like the there was a huge fire there. So uh, it was in the 1500s. We don't know when. So he lived in Bedburg, Germany, which is close to where he was born. Um, and we catch up with Peter at, in around like 1580. That's when his story becomes important, I guess. And this is when we know anything about him. And this is what happens when you research things from the 1500s. Everything is very weird um so he was a wealthy farmer and he was a widower with two children he had a son and a daughter um he was seen with like he was really respected in the community people saw him as a very kind loving man um who loved his kids and was great so of course anytime anyone ever says that that means that none of that is true so um around 1580 many local farmers would wake up like for weeks on end, every single day they would wake up to their ca a new cattle mutilated. Um, and then it would kind of stop for them and then start in a new place. And they would just go through. And so they believed it was a wolf attacking the, their cattle and terrorizing them. Shortly after that, children started to disappear in the night. Um, which in the 1500s, I guess you assumed that wolves would come into your house and take your children outside and take them away because they were getting taken from their beds and they still assumed this was wolves. Um, young women were also getting taken. How was it? Um, how did this record like make it to today? Was it like a local newspaper or journal? Yeah, or? it's a bunch of different, like it's taken from a bunch of different things from the times Okay, there because it was, it was reported really well because of all, all the amount of it. And then also because of when they found out about him. Um, so children were taken from their beds. Young women were taken also from their beds, but like on when they would be walking on like home from wherever they were at. Um, if some of the bodies were found horribly mutilated, but most weren't found at all. Um, again, it was continued to believe that this was a wolf, but all, but some did start to talk about werewolves because by then that had already been kind of a thing like a what's the word I'm thinking of? Not a nursery rhyme because those are nice. A like bedtime story? Or? No. A fable? 
But what are they? Like vampires, werewolves. They're like... Oh, like a, a legend folklore. Yes, thank you. Um, and so clearly they were terrified because at first it was like the idea of a wolf, but then if it's a werewolf, it's like anybody, right? It's like human beings that you talk to every day that could be taking your children or wife or daughter in the night. One day, um, several limbs of different people were found in a field, just like hanging out there. So uh, some hunters decided they were done with this and they got their dogs and they decided to start tracking down the wolf. So after days of searching, they finally found him. They spotted a wolf. All of every single one of these hunters reported, or at least the ones who wrote it down or were talked to, um, seeing a wolf and chasing him. The dogs chased him and cornered him. When they got to the to him again, they expected to find a wolf, and instead they found Peter Stump with a wolf pelt on his body. Oh snap! Um, so he was taken in, and in 1589 he had his trial. Um, so they started trying, like threatening him and torturing him, obviously, because that was the way to get information. And, uh, they did like the stretch on a rack thing, like the super classic old movies. And he confessed pretty quickly. He said that when he was 12 years old, the devil came to him and gave him a magical belt. The belt would allow him to change into quote, the likeness of a greedy devouring wolf, strong and mighty with eyes, great and large, which in the night sparkled like a fire, a mouth great and wide with most sharp and cruel teeth, a huge body and mighty paws in quote. Why are you frowning at me? Is this the first ever werewolf? It did not say that it was. So I don't know. Wow. Okay. Um, and then he claimed that when he would remove the belt, he would return back to his human form. Why he would put on the belt in the first place is the interesting part. Cause he made it seem like it was like an affliction, but whatever. Um, he admitted to starting attacking animals as young as 12 and killing and eating goats, sheep, lamb, as, and also men, women, and children. He confessed to eat to killing and eating 14 children and two pregnant women. He ripped out their fetuses and ate their hearts, which he described as, quote, dainty morsels, end quote. Also, one of the 14 children was his son and he admitting to eating his brain. This is what Dahmer would have done in the medieval times. Yeah, but also both the restaurant and the actual times. Yeah, I guess. Continue. Um, he also had a daughter, his daughter, we talked about, he had an incestuous relationship with her. Of course. Why wouldn't he? And he also impregnated her. My gosh. Did he eat her and the fetus? He did not. They lived for some reason. He oh. only, only ate his son, not her. Um, son wasn't giving it up, I guess. That's horrible. I'm just saying the dude's a monster. <sighs> I mean, literally. yes, yes. Maybe figuratively, but probably literally. Yes. He also confessed to uh Damn, I almost felt bad for him for being called Peter Stump. No, no, no longer. No, no, he was he was Peter Stump. Um so these are some of the other things he confessed to. He confessed to um when he would take young women, he would sexually assault them before he tore them apart. Um small children, he would strangle, bludgeon, and rip their throats out with his bare hands. And then he would disembowel and partially eat them. How do you rip someone's throat out with your hand? Easily. Oh my gosh, in this conversation. That seems extremely difficult. Wouldn't even be hard. Like, how long would your nails have to be? Not very. I guess my neck is pretty like... It is. That's scary. Yeah, it is. How are we just walking around like this? Vulnerable. I don't like it. Um, My neck is super vulnerable right now. That's true. I got two grabby holes. Lambs and calves were also ripped apart and devoured raw. 
I'm assuming everything. Okay, ripping ripping a lamb uh, apart. That's impressive. And a calf. I've wrestled a calf before. Multiple calves. This guy had to be like freakishly strong. Yeah. Or with a stump or stump. Yeah, he only had one hand. I know he might might legitimately be a werewolf or stump. I mean, those three guys are those hunters. They said it was a werewolf or wolf. I mean, he was wearing a wolf pelt. I know, but still. They they didn't have glasses and also then. the thing is, the dogs chased him for a little while. Yeah, you would think they would catch him real fast right. if he and weren't. through the woods. I know. Like, I mean, he obviously had a lot of experience in the woods, but I'm just saying. One arm. Dogs are very fast. And they're especially good in woods compared to humans. Yeah. And one arm. Yeah. And he ripped animals apart. Is there more? Yeah, of course there's more. Go. So, um, in, I have a few, like, specific stories. So, in one instance, there was a triple murder. Um, he saw two men and a woman walk, uh, walking. And so he crouched out of sight. He called out to one of the men by name cause he knew them and he asked him to help him with something. So, uh, oh, it was with some lumber that he had. And so that man came like rounded the corner where those weren't anymore. And he bludgeoned the dude to death. And then when the, when he didn't come back, the other guy came to check out what was happening. Also bludgeoned him to death. The woman got smart and started to run away. Um, but she, he managed to catch her. The men's bodies were found, but the woman's wasn't. So it's believed that he raped and ate her. Um, one interesting story is actually a child got, to, got away. So there were a few children playing in a meadow, which like, what else did children do in the 1500s other than play in meadows? What did they even, like, what even was, to, was interesting at that time? Just hanging out in a meadow with some cows. Being a werewolf. That's about it. Um, he ran after them. He grabbed one girl by the neck. The other children got away. Um, but, and he tried to rip her throat out, but she actually had like a high collar on that like stopped him from doing that. Um, and she screamed as loud as she could. By the way, if you heard her voice fade, it's because she had to act out a collar. (laughs) I'm a very like visual person, which is interesting for having a podcast. Um, I first thought you were talking about the girl. I was like, nope. Heard her voice her go voice away. faded because he tried to rip her throat out. But it did not completely. No. Nope. Um, so, yeah, that gave her time to scream. Um, when she did, it freaked out the calves, obviously. Um, and they, like, went after the dude because I think they were, like, trying to take care of their calves because they had calves there, too. And he ran away. And she made it. Which I'm, according to everything they've talked about, she's the only person he ever went after that survived. Jeez. Um, like Bundy. Yeah, I don't. A lot of Bundy's girls got away though. Yeah, he would like just let them go. Yeah, never mind. Anyways, um, so I it was just one. You're right. I was thinking of Dahmer actually. Yeah, Dahmer. People people would promise him that he they wouldn't tell, and he'd be yeah, like, he "Fine, you can go. go." And they yeah. didn't, which is insane to me. That blows my mind. Anyways, um, so he obviously was found guilty, and on. Which, if this isn't the best time to talk about this, I don't know when it would be. October 31st oh, wow. of 1598, him and his daughter were both executed because apparently they decided that it was consensual between his daughter, which even if it was, how is she not the victim in this situation? But whatever. Um, his daughter was strangled, flayed, and burned to death. He, uh, he has one of the most gruesome executions to date, at least done by, like, the law, not just like, not just like random people murdering other people. Um, he was put on a wheel 
And by put, I mean, you know, like strapped onto a wheel where flesh was torn from his body in 10 different places and uh, with red hot pincers. And then um, his limbs were broken, so he could not come back from the grave. And then he was beheaded and his body was burned. And the lawmakers decided to make a an example of him. So they stuck a pole in the ground, put the wheel on top with a uh, figure of a wolf on it and his head hanging out on top for a while. Dang. It's pretty serious. I mean, he did some horrible and then things. If you, you wonder why the werewolf legend has made it 400 some odd years. It's because of crap like that. Yeah, there's like a cannibal who would literally rip people apart with his hand. Dude had to be freakishly strong. There okay, had so to be something going thing. on with let's him. Say, so let's say it's not yeah, real. Yeah, right. He was just... He's probably just a pretty athletic guy with a knife. But I mean, yeah, a lot of what he did had to be with knives because yeah. I just... You can't even get the leverage of pulling something apart with one hand unless not, he would like do it up against well, a not, tree not or something. Not a lamb, like... Or even a calf. Or a calf, yeah. That, that, that's very impressive. I mean, that's literal leather. Well, like mutilating an entire cow. So yeah, he could do that with he, one hand. You'd have to do that with a knife. Not well. And especially if he was trying to eat them, he'd have to get like good holes in them to but what dig do you think? in. You think he was a werewolf? No. Yeah, I don't think it's possible, right? But I think he could have been a werewolf. Oh, oh, also I forgot this part. Um, when his house was raided, there was no magic belt found. Bro's a werewolf, man. No, he just didn't have a belt. He just wore a pelt instead. Just saying, the guy's a werewolf. I mean, he could have been. I don't know. Maybe there's werewolves. <laughs> I don't know, man. Most this likely. This podcast is getting me to question freaking everything. Isn't that the point? Yeah, but... We've always werewolf? questioned everything. I know, but a werewolf... I never thought a werewolf would be convincing. That was convincing as hell. Although it's had 400 years of embellishment, mm, but still... I don't think so. I just... I mean, look at cannibal stories. I don't know. This dude was really athletic for being stumpy. Yeah, I mean... Maybe he worked out really hardcore in his time. In his Maybe, time yeah, he was the Bruce Wayne of... He was also a farmer, which, you know... Yeah, you, gotta be, you gotta take care of yourself to be a farmer because you gotta be able to pick up heavy stuff and well, if you're, work if you're all a farmer day. with one hand we ain't hanging out especially in the that. 1500s oh no yeah alright well yeah that's a cool story I liked it I liked that a lot me too was, I mean it was kind was of a dainty morsel of a story it, oh, it was horrible yeah but it was good I mean can you imagine just living like especially the way it wasn't like you know the city we live in where Someone who lives a street away from you, you have no idea who they are, and they could be killing people. Yeah. You know this guy. Everybody yeah. knows this guy. This That's is a literally very... literally how you lured those people this over. This is a very small community, and right. to slowly watch your children and women dying when there's only, like, you know, 50 of you that even live there, it's terrifying. It'd yeah. be so scary. Dude was possessed, for sure. Yeah, he cray. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been an... Interesting episode of Skeptical Skeptics for Just us. like all of them. For us, I said, specifically. Uh, a lot of mind-blowing going on over here. Anyway, you have a good week. Bye. Bye.